are listening to the Morning Relay, RotoFanatic.com's daily breakdown of the fantasy baseball realm. Welcome to Monday. We only have two weeks left. This is it. We're on the final showdown. It's me. Speaking of showdowns, me and Mike Carter going head to here one-on-one. We're going to do a little baseball talk. He's here live. Uh, your closing remarks came out today. You can check that out on RotoFanatic.com. Mike, how the hell are you? And uh, what's on your mind with baseball right now? I'm I'm doing pretty good considering that I, I got the chance to go cut my grass today in the middle of the Bears game, which they ended up coming back and winning. And I twisted my ankle in a rabbit hole. But other than that, uh, I feel I'm pretty good. You know, uh, baseball's in full swing here. The White Sox are in first place and uh, the number one seed in the American League right now as we talk. Uh, I don't know how long that's going to last, but I'm going to enjoy the ride. Yeah, it's going to be crazy if they're the one seed and they got to play like the Yankees or the Astros as an eight seed. I don't, I don't think I would favor the White Sox in those series. I, I, I totally agree with you. I don't think that that would make them favored. Yeah, it's gonna once the playoffs start, everything will change. But it's a great story. I'm all for it. I know I'm a Tigers fan in division, but that's okay because I dig what the White Sox are about, and they're just too fun to ignore. I mean, they had another fun weekend. Jose Abreu keeps going off. He really could be the MVP, couldn't he? I think so. I mean, he's got 15 home runs, 48 RBIs. He's hitting 317. I, I you know, I, he's got a lot of really good numbers there for, uh, he's the, been the best hitter on the best team in the league. So one way to look at it. Hey, the numbers speak for himself. That's right. Okay. You're listening to the morning relay. This is our daily breakdown of fantasy baseball. Of course you can go to rotafanatic.com, read Mike's article. Uh, the bullpens are pretty messy right now, Mike, or are things making more sense towards the end of the season. It's, I, I guess it depends on, uh, what measure you want to look at. But yeah, some of them have stabilized. There's been some crazy stuff going on. I mean, who could have seen some of these things that are going on? I mean, Matt Andres got a second save for the Angels today, which is kind of yeah. crazy. Sergio Romo got a save today for the Twins. He got number number four. Um, there's a lot of turnover in some of these places. Uh, Miami's got some issues down there. Seattle's had some issues. Your own friends in Detroit have had some issues with their oh. bullpen. I think I think they're on their fourth closer of the year now. Um, Season's over, anyways. Yeah, but you're right. Kind of, it's been kind of wild. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of turmoil in some of those places, and then in other places, it's been pretty good. I mean, even last night, uh, Saturday night, Josh Hader got rocked by the Cubs. So, you, I mean, you just you never know what's going to happen. That's my bad luck. I traded for him before the deadline, and he's been pure trash since. It's just I know he's. I mean, he got a win. I'll, he got a win on Friday night, but then he gave up the home run to Jason Hayward, a lefty. I mean, of, of all, all people, things. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Crazy. It's crazy what's going on. But hey, speaking of the Cubs, we got a no hitter that happened today. That's very exciting. Uh, I am stoked for Mr. Alec Mills. I think it's very yep. cool. Anytime someone throws a no hitter, it's always a point of interest. And this was a dominant offensive showing because the Cubs won 12 nothing. But in terms of it being a dominant no-hitter, uh, you know, I wouldn't say that necessarily. Three walks, only five strikeouts. For me, that's pretty low for a no-hitter. You usually see somebody up towards at least eight or nine and then double digits when they throw a gem. But hey, he didn't give up any hits, and he's now in the record books. And he's only 16, I think 16 starts into his career. He's still very young in terms of his professional seasoning. Uh, what do you make of this no-hitter? Uh, what do you make of Alec Mills' season overall? It's a really great story. I mean, this is a guy who was a college walk-on who had to convince the coach to let him try out for the team. 22nd round draft pick. I mean, you just don't hear about guys like this making it too often. But uh, Mills has had a pretty decent season for the Cubs. I know a lot of fantasy leaguers gave up on him a couple of weeks ago after a couple of bad outings. But uh, he's throwing a sinker more this year, and I think that that's been really helpful for him. He's throwing it about 34% of the time. He's, he's 
cut down on his four-seamer usage, I think, which has also helped him. He really features five pitches, though. He, on top of those other two, he throws a changeup, a curveball, and a slider in that order in terms of his popularity of what he likes. And he was just on today. I mean, good defense behind him, uh, good offense. Uh, he's in the record books, like you said. I, you know, very unlikely of, that, of the guys on that team, he might be the most unlikely starting pitcher to actually throw a no-hitter, but he actually got it done. It's pretty amazing. Very impressive. Hey, anybody gets to be in the books if they get it done, and no one will ever take this away. Unless, of course, we found out he cheated or something. But even still, when you cheat in baseball, they don't take your records away. And we No, they don't seem to do that, do they? No. <laughs> Sammy Sosa. Yeah, you know Sammy Sosa, don't you, Mike? Um, I do. Yeah. Anyways, Jason Hayward we mentioned earlier. He's the guy who hit that home run off Josh Hader on Saturday. And then uh, he keeps producing. He had another nice day on Sunday. He's hitting around 300. He's got OPS around 950. And mm -hmm. he's usually dismissed as an offensive threat. He's just not somebody that we've been able to count on for stability season after season. Mm -hmm. He signed a mega contract, and a lot of that was based on his potential and his defense. And in fantasy, we don't give a rat's ass about defense. <laughs> no, we do not. But we do like go-ahead three-run homers. We do like production. And... He's kind of doing it right now. What do you think of Jason Hayward? Is he a 12-team viable guy right now? Are we? Is he in that zone? You know, what's really funny is that in the in the fifty the fifty round uh, mega draft that we had in uh, for our Roto Fanatic guys early on, I drafted him. I drafted him about two thirds of the way through, thinking, "Oh, if I have an injury, uh, I'll put him out there." But he's actually been pretty good, as you say. I think one of the issues that with Hayward is always uh, the, the idea that he has never lived up to the profile or the draft status, you know, he's a number one pick and um, out of Atlanta and uh, has never really lived up to that pedigree. He's 31 years old. Now, everybody always thought he was going to be a 20 home run, 20 steal guy. And that's just really not happened. But what's happened for him this year is that he's, uh, he's just hitting the ball much better. He's, his, uh, his launch angle is the same as it's been, but he's getting the sweet spot a lot more. He's 47.8% sweet spot expected batting average of 330. Um, and his walk percentage is way up. Uh, so I think, you know, he's seeing the ball much better and, and he's hitting the ball pretty well right now. So uh, how long that will last, I don't know. I mean, he, but he's somebody that could definitely help you down the stretch, I would say. That's true. Gosh, I don't know. Hey, I'm Michael Govier. I'm your host, and you can find me on Twitter at MJ Govier. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Roto underscore Fanatic. I don't know much, but I guess I know that I got to respect Jason Hayward when he's making things happen. And I'm here with the doctor, Mr. Doctor himself, Mike Carter. We're talking fantasy baseball. Don't forget, you can read Mike's column, closing remarks. If you're trying to win a title right now, I mean, we're two weeks left. You got any head-to-head -head leagues you're in, Mike, or is it all Roto? Or I got a couple of head-to-head -head leagues that I'm in, yes. Um, I'm anywhere from you know being close to being in the championship and winning all the way down to like 10th or 12th place in some other leagues. It's just been no rhyme or reason to it this year. It's crazy. Yeah, you can't you cannot find a lot of consistency in this season, and that's fair to say. But I do know that head-to-head -head this season was dumb, and I've been on the record saying that. I think head-to-head, -head mm -hmm. you should have took this year as an opportunity to experiment with other ideas because it's just not going to be representative of what's going on. It'll be even more unlucky because, or be more luck based, you know, it'll mm -hmm. be a series of events where you have weekly showdowns that aren't representative of a full season because it's right. not a full season. So right. I don't know. It, it's those, just a big, you know, big mess. In those leagues, what I did just real simply for me was that I went with, I went with youth. 
um, in their keeper leagues. And so um, I was able to hit on guys like Sixto Sanchez and Ian Anderson and people like that, that uh, I'll be able to keep for next year at this point. Um, I, I really don't care if I win those leagues or not at this point. Um, I, I never say I never say that, but I think just the idea of doing some roster churn this year and experimenting with some different ideas was helpful for me as an owner. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I'll tell you what, having having a guy who's old and veteran, though, like Max Scherzer is nice. It's, you can still rely on Max Scherzer most of the time, but unfortunately... It looks like uh, today wasn't his day. He didn't pitch great. And you probably would have been better off with the Sixto Sanchez start over the weekend as opposed to this one. But he's still a great pitcher, right? Is Max Scherzer going into 2021? Are you still going to be valuing him as a, a top five starting pitcher? That's a great question. And, I, and, I'll, and I'll tell you, I'm, before the year started, I was one of the few people that I knew who was pretty down on Scherzer in terms of the, the nickel and dime injuries that he was starting to have. No arm injuries, but these upper back issues, lower back issues. He's getting a little bit older. The arm is still there. I mean, he's got 79 strikeouts and 55 innings pitch, but his ERA is over four and his uh, whip is 1.4. And and that, that's hurtful. I mean, he's he's walking more guys than what he's used to. The strikeouts are still there. I, you know, I, I think I, he's still top 10. Is he top five? Probably not for me. Really? I, I just, there are other guys that I think provide less risk if I'm going to be taking a starting pitcher that high. I just don't, you know, in a, in a, in a NFBC type of draft or a 12 or a 15 teamer. And if I've, if I'm in a snake draft and I've got like the 10th pick overall, I'm probably going to go with Bueller or Bieber or somebody like that as opposed to Scherzer. I just think there's a lot of miles on that arm. He's still great. I mean, if he was my second guy, I would be thrilled. But as my mm-hmm. ace foundation piece, uh, I think you can do better. Okay. Hey, <clears throat> I believe in Mr. Doctor. And I nah. believe in Max Scherzer once upon a time. He was a great pitcher. He's still going to be solid, but he might not be the top five guy. He's just he's getting older. It happens. You know, Not everybody can have a Justin Verlander season at age 37. No, I mean, and Scherzer's a warrior, but I mean, it, you know, I need... I love warriors, but I need stats, you know, <laughs> and there's a lot of young starting pitchers who are making their mark in this brief so-called season too. So they're going to be moving up the ranks and a guy who is not as great as Max Scherzer, but John means mm-hmm. John means mm-hmm. look better. Uh, he's had yeah. two starts in a row where he's looked uh, like he's healthy now. And if he's healthy, this guy's a rock solid starter. He's of course he's not Max Scherzer or no, you know, no. six dose edges or any of those players, but he is reliable and uh, we, he upped his velocity coming into this season. And if he's he back to health, six innings, one earned run, one walk, four strikeouts. He threw 96 pitches today against mm-hmm. the Yankees. So they lost, but uh, he pitched well. And he only gave up four hard-hit balls in six innings. I'll take that all the time. What do we think John means right now, Mr. Carter? Yeah, I think things are starting to normalize for him a little bit. I mean, in September, he's just looked more comfortable. And I think you're right about the health. I think that has been a bugaboo for him. We've never really, not really sure what he's been up to the last couple of months with the health stuff. But in September, he's one and one. He's got a 312 ERA, a 110 whip. Uh, home runs kill him, you know. I mean, that's really been his bugaboo. But I, I think in the last couple of starts, he really seems like he's feeling a little bit more comfortable. And quite honestly, Baltimore's played a little bit better than what people anticipated they were going to, right? So, you know, maybe he's got a little bit more confidence with some of the guys behind him. He was a pretty good guy to have last year. If you had him as your number four starter last year, you probably won a lot of fantasy leagues. Absolutely. A guy who went head-to-head with Means on Sunday was Clint Frazier. He went two for four, and he's hitting in the cleanup spot. And I know that Judge and Stanton are knocking on that door saying, let me in. I'm ready to come back. 
but those guys get hurt as soon as they open the door. They usually like, you know, slam their finger in the door or they'll, uh, I don't yeah. know, they'll walk, fall over, up, trip through walking the... Up, walking up the step to the uh, on-deck circle, they pull a, cam- a hamstring or a calf muscle, it seems like. It's unbelievable. It uh, really is like that, yes. But Frazier, yeah. you know, to your point, I, you know, Aaron Boone this weekend was was interviewed and he said, you know, Frazier has earned a role on this team. He's He's earned a spot to be able to start. And so... Yeah. You know, you can't take a hot bat out of the lineup. I mean, the, the Yankees are are scratching and clawing to try to stay in it, and they've had a couple of pretty rough weeks. You know, their their pitching has been pretty decimated. They're running some rookies out there, some promising rookies, but all the all the while still rookies. Um, I think Frazier's going to play a lot down the stretch. I mean, batting cleanup on the Yankees, I, I would anticipate that he's still going to get at bats. Absolutely. Clint Frazier's got the support of his manager. That's a good thing. And he's mm-hmm. also still got a lot of talent. And he's young. You know, he's only 26, 27. He's not an old man. So there's still plenty of time for Clint Frazier to make a difference. And if you're in Dynasty, I say hold tight because I think 2021 is going to be his breakout year where he gets to play a full season. Whoever he ends up playing for, there could be a right. trade in the offseason. Who knows? But by the way, DJ Stewart did not hit a home run in this game. Uh, he'd been on a tear. Six home runs over his last five games. Uh, the streak ends. But hey, that's okay. These things happen. You know, yesterday he couldn't capitalize either. You, you can't hit a home run every day of the week. Just no, five can. out of seven. Five out of seven is fine. I'll take it. Not this. bad. Not bad. Yeah. Great waiver wire ad for a lot of teams that are streaking towards their final weeks here. Absolutely. Yeah. DJ Stewart's probably helped a lot of teams get into playoffs if you play in that type of format. I will tell you this, though. It's nice to have Sixto. We've talked about Sixto on the mm-hmm. show already, but he went a full seven, which in a doubleheader is a complete game. That's the world we also live in. And uh, Sixto Sanchez is great. Even Pedro Martinez was on Twitter saying that he is small like him, but his stuff is better than mine. That's what Pedro said today on Twitter, that Sixto has better stuff than Pedro. What do you think of that? Well, I think Pedro's being pretty modest because I don't I don't know that I've ever seen three or four guys that are better than Pedro was in his prime. But Sixto is legit. I mean, um, n- no doubt about it. I mean, watching him pitch is just really fun. I mean, he's he features that four seamer um, quite a bit, but it's 99th percentile for velocity, 98.6 percent or 98.6 miles per hour. I'm sorry. Uh, that's elite uh, beyond elite. But his changeup is really disturbing for a guy that's that age to have that good of a feel for the changeup, which he throws equal the equal amount of time as the as the four-seamer. Uh, he's throwing that about 89 miles an hour. So you're seeing 98, 99 with the fastball and then 89 with the changeup. That's legit. And then he's he's got this sinker that nobody's really talking about either, that he throws 97. And he's throwing that about 21% of the time. So he's just nasty. I mean, and, and he's going to be nasty for a long time if he stays healthy. Yeah, I heard somebody the other day compare him to a young – uh, Jose Fernandez, rest in peace, um, who was f- phenomenal and and had equally good stuff. But uh, Sixto really looks like he knows what he's doing out there. The thing that really strikes me about him is the confidence. You know, he just looks he looks like he's just super confident out there. And I guess if I threw ninety eight, I'd be confident too. He's got a one sixty nine ERA, a point nine one WHIP, twenty nine strikeouts and thirty two innings. Yep, keeper for me next year. Thank you. <laughs> it's really bizarre too, Mike, because he got seven called strikes on a slider. He only got one whiff on his slider. That's really strange. He, yeah. If he can locate a pitch like that, that's that nasty and get called strikes on the slider. Cause usually you'll get more whiffs than you would called strikes, but Hey, yeah, the whatever slider, works. Slider is crazy with him too. I mean, he, he throws that that's his fourth pitch. It's like he throws it about 18% of the time and he mixes a curveball in there just for good measure every once in a while. So, I mean, boy, he's really, really good though. Isn't he? 
Oh, he is. He's got a full repertoire, no doubt about it. And he will be highly touted in 2021. And maybe he'll help you win a fantasy title along the way. We're all rooting for you guys out there. This is the morning <laughs> go to fanatic.com's daily breakdown of fantasy baseball. Your seasons are coming to a close here. We got two full weeks of MLB action ahead of us. And guys like Brad Keller are throwing complete game shutouts, not doubleheader complete games. We're talking full on nine inning complete game shutouts. That is happening in the modern era. And Brad Keller's the guy doing it. It's hard to believe, but it really happened. But it becomes more believable when you find out it was against the Pirates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, I, I, I got to see the Pirates a couple of weeks ago when Giolito threw a no hitter against them. And there you uh, go. There you go. They were, I mean, there were two or three guys in that team where I was like, is this for real? Like, is this guy really? I mean, it's that bad. But uh, Keller was a guy that I had kind of touted before the season started as a, as a guy that might be a little bit of a sleeper pick for you out of KC. Um, the thing that's really interesting about him right now is that he's not getting any bar- giving up any barrels at 3% barrel rate this year. Um, so he's been pretty effective at limiting the hard contact slaughter usage is way up. Uh, Woba's about 232. He's four and two with a 206 ERA. Um, the one thing he doesn't give you is the K rate. And I, you know, I was hoping that this year he might develop a third pitch that would um, maybe get that K rate up a little bit higher. He's got 26 strikeouts and 43 innings. So he's not going to really help you there. And, you know, I, I prefer guys uh, that miss bats, but, uh, he's he's been productive. I have him in a couple of leagues and uh, throw him out there based on matchups, and he's been pretty good for me. No doubt about it. I mean, if a guy gets a job done, he gets a job done. So, hey, it's against the Pirates. Big whoop. Want to fight about it? No, I don't. Unfortunately, <laughs> a guy who should have put up a little bit more of a fight today and just couldn't do it was Tristan McKenzie. He got a little beaten up by the Twins. I mean, he gave up five earned. It wasn't god-awful or anything. And the guy was due to have a somewhat questionable start it's somewhere along the line because you can't pitch like a stud every night, especially when you're a rookie like this. So Tristan McKenzie, we all trust him, I think, long-term, right? I mean, he gives a five earned. He still struck out seven, and he only had the one walk in four and a third. That's pretty good. So there's still a lot to like. And the fact that he only gave up four hard-hit balls shows you that there was a few lucky breaks that went the Twins' way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think long-term, this is a guy that you can really you can really bank on. I mean, he's... Uh, He's pitched pretty well. He's had five starts for them. Um, he's not throwing a ton of innings, obviously, but he's got 33 strikeouts and 25 innings. Uh, ERA, 3.9, a little higher than what you would like, but he's learning, and 0.79 whip, which is fantastic. Uh, you know, but he he's, uh, he's, he's making his way through it. You know, he's going to have some bumps in the road, and let's face facts. I mean, the Twins are a, a really good hitting team, uh, so it's bound that you're going to have a, a, a bump in the road every now and then, you know. Um, but he's, uh, he's really good. I mean, he throws that four-seamer uh, the vast majority of time. He's going to have to really work on his secondary offerings and using them a little bit more. Um, he, he throws a slider and a curveball, um, both which are, are pretty decent pitches. He hasn't given up any hits on them this year. Uh, but he's going to have to mix that in a little bit more because he's throwing the fastball about 57% of the time. And for a starting pitcher, unless your fastball is a lead, and his is good, but it's not a lead, um, he's going to have to uh, work on that pitch mix a little bit this winter, I think. But he's he's got all the ability to be a stud for a long time. You know who's been a stud this week is Mr. Jeffers. I thought it. Ryan Jeffers is the catcher for the Twins. So in this game, he had a home run, and he's had three home runs over the last week. So replacing Mitch Garver quite admirably. So that's good. He's a youngster. Uh, he's not going to get as much playing time when Garver comes back off the IL, but it does, you know, if you're looking for the hot bat right now and you need someone to catcher and who the hell doesn't, you know, Ryan right. Jeffers 
Not a bad choice. Uh, Alex Avila gets a pop in there every so often because they like to throw the backup in. But keep an eye on Jeffers. Might be some sneaky value there. Uh, the Reds scored a bunch of runs. They scored 10 runs. The offense, which has been a bummer quite often. Most of the season, the Reds offense just hasn't been there, you know. But they broke out today. 10-5 victory over St. Louis. And uh, a key part of that was Mr. Eugenio Suarez and also Tyler Stevenson. You talk about young rookie catchers. Tyler Stevenson's a great bat. And I hope that they give him more playing time because I think they need the offense anyways. Yeah, they do. And, I, you know, one of the things that was interesting this weekend that I read was um, the, the ownership down in Cincinnati made a comment yesterday that said that money can't buy you culture. And, and I, I think that was a stab at what's going on in their clubhouse, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe a, a shakeup to David Bell as well. You know, maybe it's time to get moving in the right direction. Uh, Stevenson is a guy that we've talked about before. I mean, um, he doesn't have a lot of a competition in Cincinnati with Casali and uh, Tucker Barnhart, neither one of them who can really hit very well. Uh, Barnhart is as very good defensively, but uh, yeah. Steve, Stevenson should get a chance to uh, to play there. They do need the offense really badly. Uh, Castellanos, after starting off really hot, has kind of has really tailed off, and um, they just don't. They're not getting a lot of production. They've had a lot of injuries too. So um, you know, I think they're trying to think if they can sneak in here at the end in the last couple of weeks. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but yeah, I, I think Stevenson is definitely a guy to watch, uh, especially for next year. I think he's going to have a role on that team. And they did it against Seamart. Carlos Martinez, this was his second start since coming back from the COVID, and he struck out eight. We love that, but the same old story with Seamart. He was allowed to go 90 pitches, but he couldn't get beyond four innings. So two mm-hmm. walks is not terrible for him, but you know, it's just the same old thing. He's he's nickel and diming and nitpicking, and he doesn't go after hitters enough, and it always leads to him being inefficient. Yeah, you said it perfectly. I mean, I think that's the – C. Martin and I broke up a couple of years ago. I just oh. I, 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 I couldn't wait anymore on him. I just I, I just lost patience. Uh, the stuff is is terrific, but you're right. Nickel and diamond nibbling on the corners. I mean, he doesn't need to do that stuff, and he does it anyway. So, <laughs> moving on. Yeah, I'm sorry about your broken heart. That's painful. Yeah, oh, it was it was painful. I a few years I took him as a four or five starter, thinking this guy's going to outperform that. Mm, never mm, really, mm. never really did. The only time the Texas Rangers usually win is when Lance Lynn is on the bump. And that was the case on Sunday. They won because Lance Lynn struck out 10. Yeah, it's a nice number. Lance Lynn's great. I don't think there's much to add to it. They let him go 110 pitches. He gets with three hits, one earned, two walks. It's just so good. And he's surrounded by a team that has just been awful offensively this year. Uh, Frankie Montas on the opposite end. Eh, he's so-so. Four and runs. Did have seven Ks. Not only one walk. That's good. But uh, he got lit up a little bit and get, was able to go 81 pitches. Um, 2021's coming around the corner here. And you look at guys like Montas and Lynn, and they look to me like they're in a dead heat because Montas has the potential that people are loving. But mm-hmm. Lynn is producing. So wouldn't you rather have Lynn over Montas next year? I would. And, I, you know, I, I had a lot of people that were touting Montas as an ace. And uh, based on yeah. what he did last year, he was fantastic down the stretch for Oakland last year. This year, um, you know, it's just he looks a little lost out there to me. I, I would rather have Lynn. I think uh, Lynn is a really nice building block for your rotation. Uh, obviously, um, he's not going to cost you the same way that a number one would, but he's six and two. He's got a 210 ERA, 0.95 whip, 79 strikeouts, and 71 innings pitched, um, 29% whiff rate, 
one point you know point one ninety eight batting average. Cutter's looking nasty. I mean, the guy just really transformed himself in the last couple of years, and you got to tip your hat to the guy because he really knows how to pitch, and he is nasty. Um, been really good for Texas. I, I was really hoping that the White Sox might be able to pry him loose at the trade deadline, but it didn't nope. happen. You Sorry, know, buddy. Did yeah. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. You don't need. I him. get you it. will be fine without him. You know. You don't need a top-notch starter. You got Dallas Keiko. Oh, oh yeah, except when we play Houston, it's not going to go so well. Oh, I can see it now. Hey, you know what has gone well is things in Toronto. They're playing pretty well, and they are in the playoffs for sure right now. It's a fun, fun story. First of all, I love the Blue Jays. Always love their uniforms, love the logo. Mm-hmm. I love everything about Toronto. It's a good city, too. It's a great city. And great city. Hi on Jin Ryu. Went six innings, one earned, seven Ks. Nobody talks about Ryu. But he keeps performing. He's got an ERA around three. He'll give you six solid innings. He's a he's not a winner. He's on a team yeah. that plays well. And he's got Bo Bichette back now to support him. That's good news. Bo came back over the weekend. He went over four today, but that's fine. He'll he'll get it going eventually. I think Ryu deserves a lot more credit. He was dismissed in drafts. His ADP fell a lot. I mean, he went, I remember him going 150, 160, 170 in certain leagues because people just didn't believe in him for some reason. But he's getting the job done in the tough AL East. I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I think I think part of the problem with a guy like like Ryu is that um, he just doesn't have the sexy pitching profile that you're looking for for an ace type pitcher because his biggest pitch is best pitch is his changeup. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet, yet he's given you 60 strikeouts in 54 innings. Um, he doesn't ever hit 90 miles an hour anymore, uh, but he's got a 27% K rate. I mean, this guy is completely underrated, right? I mean, uh, and he's playing on a winner. The other thing that's gonna that could help him too is uh, the health of Ken Giles, who uh, was coming back this weekend. I don't know if he got into any games this weekend. I didn't check. He did. Yet. He gave he up did. a home run. It was great. <laughs> oh, well, shit. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna, uh, you know, they they need that help at the back end of the bullpen. They've been using Bass, and then they had Dolise, who's a journeyman. He's done a nice job for them. He had four saves for them in the last couple of weeks. But Giles is clearly the guy there. But Ryu is really good. I mean, he doesn't walk anybody. Um, he just gets people out, you know. Um, it's yeah. just it's just not very sexy. He Giles did strike out two though in that one inning, so that's good. Yeah, you know, it was a total blowout, eighteen to one against the Mets on Friday night. So it'll happen. Giles is healthy though. Technically, he's in the uh, mm-hmm. he's in the lineup. He's available to pitch. So that'll be positive news for the Blue Jays. And as you're listening to the morning relay, RotoFanatic.com's daily breakdown of fantasy baseball. Don't forget to head over to the website. Read, read Mike's. Excellent closing remarks. He breaks down every bullpen there is. He'll talk about Ken Giles. In fact, even though he forgot there momentarily, he did write about the fact that Giles gave up a home run in the article. So, <laughs> so see, Mike, you remember? You already had it. <laughs> Sunday Sunday morning comes around real early for me, man. I tell you, like I, yeah. I I get a draft in by Saturday afternoon, and then uh, update on Sunday morning. But I'm generally up at six Central Time with some coffee going through and seeing who did what the night before. So trying to get you as close to the update as we possibly can. Absolutely. You do a great job of that, Mike. That's why you head over to worldofanact.com and read Mike's closing remarks. All righty. Mike Clevenger was really good today. I just want to make a quick note of that. So it's his best start by far in a while, completely dominant against the Giants. And if you have Clevenger, then you're very happy because it's crunch time right now. But let's take a look Mm -hmm. at Monday's action, Mike. We'll take a look. What we got going on, it's a small, small sample size. We have three double headers, which is the only thing making it somewhat relevant because otherwise it would be a very light schedule. Uh, anything stick out to you on Monday that you're looking forward to? No. 
<laughs> no, I know I shouldn't say that. I mean, there's always there's there's always something to look forward to in MLB, right? I mean, there's always something. There's always Trevor Bauer. Um, you know, I, I am excited about the, the Twins and White Sox series. I mean, I think that that's going to be a, a really important series to see what the Sox are made of. They they line up the rotation to be able to uh, compete against the Twins. Yeah, that's true. The Reds and the Pirates, um, you know, the Reds are 21 and 26 and trying to get back into this thing. Um, I'm not too interested in anything uh, with the Athletics and Mariners at this point. Um, I'm into the Dodgers-Padres because the Padres – you know that they're, they're not going to catch the Dodgers. The Dodgers have the West locked up, but the Padres are the next best team. And I'd love to see how they go head to head with them because they should take this like a playoff series right now, in my opinion. Well, the, you know, the, the Dodgers are on exactly. The Dodgers are only two up on the Padres right now. The Padres have won seven in a row. Um, <laughs> That's which, hard to believe. Wow, I know. I, I know. Bot- I guess it is in play. I guess you're right. Yeah. Well, the, the they Dodgers got Denelton are, Lamette on the bump, yeah. so that's good news. Lamette is uh, starting for the Padres, and uh, the famous TBD is starting for the Dodgers. So um, I'm not sure who they're going to roll out there tomorrow. Um, well, they sure. had some injury issues. Walker Bueller and Dustin May got hit. So I don't. Dustin May may have been the guy that was lined up, but he got hit by the on the foot by a line drive. He did. He so, did. So he might yeah. uh, be a start, and who knows? Maybe Tony Gonsolin will step in. Uh, it's anybody's ball game, folks. But I will tell you this: as we close up the show, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, we also would love to get you guys to go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and give us a five star rating. We'd love it only if you think we're worthy of it, because we never would ask unless it was totally deserved. But we do appreciate it if you rate the show. It uh, is good for us. It's good for you. And what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Isn't that what, what they say? I don't know what that's the hell a, that means. But. That's the saying. And I, I'll, I'll throw one more thing out at you guys, too. Um, I, I talked to my good friend and your good friend, Dave Swan, today and oh. hit him up and said, hey, who's a great DFS play for Monday? And uh, he's playing Marco Gonzalez on DraftKings for 7000 So, nice. yeah, I mean, that, that's, uh, that's a good value there. So shout out to Dave. Dave does an amazing job on that stuff. So does Brad. He really for, does. Uh, for us at Roto Fanatic, um, they've both made me some pretty nice lunch money. Uh, when you're a therapeutic <laughs> school principal, you're looking to make lunch money any way you can. So that's that's very true. Marco Gonzalez uh, has had a great season. His Statcast numbers are all supporting that as well. Whether it's hard hit rate, you know, his walk rate is two percent. I mean, this guy is just not walking guys at all. So he will go up against Hazel Cesardo. So that'll be a fun matchup there is something to look forward to just like there is every day in baseball and as we close out the show mike uh, tell people where they can find you and what you have to look forward to um you can find me on twitter at mdrc0508 um as you know people call me the doctor but i am not a doctor in any way shape or form those are just simply my initials and uh it's a great joke and i love it but uh, i'm on twitter pretty frequently um and uh, love talking about this stuff i've been really happy this year it's been a great year for me personally and professionally and uh, really enjoyed hooking on with the guys at Roto Fanatic and uh, guiding me along the path to being in, involved in the fantasy baseball industry. It's been a thrill. I've met people that I've only, you know, thought about talking to um, in the past. So it's been really, it's been a really cool thing for me. I really enjoy it. Um, this week I'm looking forward to some nicer temperatures here and uh, continued White Sox winners, hopefully. And uh hoping that everybody finishes strong for the last couple of weeks and then we get ready for a nice uh, playoff run here. Absolutely, Mike. Yeah, I appreciate it. Love talking baseball with you. I uh, kicked your ass in our uh, 
our staff fantasy football league this week. So I'm up on you 1-0. That's good for me. Uh, it's all for free, though, guys. It's no no money involved. We just do it for the love of the game. And don't go away from our podcast just yet. Just because football's here. Remember, we're still talking baseball until the season ends. So you can catch us here on Tuesday for the next edition of the Morning Relay. Rotofanatic.com's daily breakdown of the fantasy baseball realm. I'm on Twitter at MJ Govier. I'm Michael Govier, your host. And you can find us on Twitter at Roto underscore Fanatic. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Mike. It's been great. And we'll see you guys next week.